a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very good. Expanding reality. Rachel Hortwhite, welcoming back. It is so nice to see you. The author of Tools for the Awakening Soul. This is the, one of the coolest things I've ever seen. We're going to talk about it. But before that, uh, you've already been on, so we're going to skip the intros and just kind of do a catch-up with you. Guys, all the ways to find her, of course, located at Diggity down in the show description. One of my favorite people ever, and here she is to hang out with us again. Now, also, um, wanted to, if you don't mind, your first episode will actually be linked in the show description is what I was going to say as well. Other than that, what have you been up to? Let's see. Thank you, Brandon, by the way. It's awesome to be here. And you're one of my favorite people as well. Just one of the real, I'm very picky with people that I really, when I say that, I mean it. And you're the real deal. You're just a beautiful, kind hearted soul. So deep bow. Okay. (laughs) So, um, what have I been up to? I've been, um, like we were talking about before, going into the depths of my own self and asking a lot of questions and opening to doing my best to open to receive whatever answers there are, if there are answers to be had. And um, in terms of my work, you know, well, there's my life with homeschooling, my beautiful kids, and there's it snowed here in Maine. So it's this amazing, I'm looking out at this beautiful winter wonderland of like white colored, covered trees and the sun. It's just this magical place right here. And I went cross country skiing yesterday, which was awesome. So and we're 75 degrees. I was wearing shorts <laughs> yesterday. I know. It's crazy. I'm gonna believe me, I'm gonna wanna I'm gonna like, be wow. jealous in like a few months. I'm gonna wanna right. be there. <laughs> right, right. But for now, I'm, I'm happy about the snow. So, um, um, you know, and in my work recently, I've been work, I've been seeing people with a lot of trauma and a lot of um, like really deep stuff that has been coming up. Um, I've been seeing some darkness more than normal in others, and clearing attachments, attachments of my own. Um, but doing still, you know, a lot of stuff in the Akashic records and teaching people how to read the Akashic records. I've did a workshop or a, went to a hypnotherapy conference and presented on it and actually got an award there, which was really cool, which I didn't expect. Congratulations. <laughs> well, of course. Nice, yeah, makes sense. It was, a, it was a nice little 3D like affirmation of like, oh, you're, it's okay. This is good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just creating the space also of just kind of trying to really be open to what is there. And actually I was meditating yesterday, which I hadn't done for a while because Thanksgiving, like family travel, I've got off my game and that does mess me up if I'm not like taking time to just quiet my mind. And one thing I've been really pondering is just that the unknowing and being curious and being just open to the energies Anyway, and I don't have the answer necessarily for that, but I had a few things have come up in the past few weeks where I did have like a little bit of a illumination moment. So anyway, we can get into that if you want. But yeah, I think, you know, it's been busy and exciting and interesting and there's always a learning process and it's just, it's always fun to have these conversations because you never know what we're going to talk about, but hopefully it'll be helpful for people. Yes, it will either way, because this type of discussion is us at our most authentic. And that's why I'm having you on. We're not doing many conversations like this, as you and I were talking about before. As you have been recently illuminated, I too feel I have been illuminated. Now, self-admittingly, it is a hard pendulum opposite direction from where I was. And I know that there's a balance point in between my maturity hadn't found yet. But I'm really exploring this idea through this new illumination. But 
for forthright, I love you to death. You are one of my favorite, most genuine people on this planet. As you said, you are the real deal as well. And so even in this, uh, with the new paradigm in which I'm existing, in which I find some of the conversations that we've had in the past to be not where I'm at anymore, but to still want to engage with you, to make sure that people know about your intuitive guide certificate program that you have, because I'm so proud of what you're doing, because it comes from a real, real place. And so, again, I'm not disillusioned too that where I'm at is not also going to leave me out of great conversations with wonderful people that I absolutely adore and support. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about your recent illumination. What is what was that like? All right. All right. Um and I appreciate you saying all that just so you know, because I I I know, I believe, and I know that as humans, we can connect with each other and by our, through our heart energy in a way that is real and authentic. And it doesn't have to be like the sort of divisive, like nonsense 3D sort of things that the media tries to tell us is the way to, to be. So anyway, and this is kind of where what I believe we're going to be asked to do more and more is to come from a place of just no agenda, no sort of ego attachments of being right or wrong, but just like, this is what I feel. And this is what somebody else feels. And how do we just be in that space? So I think it's, it's really exciting, actually. Um, so the illumination that I experienced was um, ego, like being unaware that I was operating, but in ego. And I really had no idea that I, I mean, I kind of did, I guess, but I <clears throat> was really angry and I still feel like a good deal of anger. <laughs> and, you know, as maybe you do too. I mean, it's a lot to be angry about because yeah. it's, it's pretty horrible if we look at the world right now in the way that things are portrayed to us and there's a lot of energies and i was literally saying to myself the other day like the ones who think they control things like they're like you think we were going to go out easily no 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 we're going to we're going to make your life as difficult as possible your lives <laughs> until you know as while we we're going to go out with the fan fanfare if anyway and i do believe they're going out but um so but i feel like i i was I'd been carrying energies much more than I realized. We had this thing happen in Maine, as you probably know about with this, you know, this shooting in Lewiston. There's a lot of questions, a lot of stuff that they're not telling us the truth about, about what happened there, as you I'm sure know. Hmm. Um, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> let's just, let's just see. I'll choose two. I'll choose two words. MK Ultra. <laughs> ah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Very and nice. anybody else can do their do research. Do the research, right? That's do the, the point where we say do the research. Yes. Right. Um, but I also had a client who had some serious mental health issues and was basically becoming a stalker. And that really affected me as well. I had, I knew somebody I worked with very closely ended up ending her life, which was heartbreaking. It really affected me. And I still feel emotional, you know, so there's some really intense, heavy things that I personally have experienced. And I think I thought I was kind of like, oh, I'm okay. You know, I can just keep going on and just keep doing what I do and not necessarily feel like I was actually as affected by those things as I was. And the thing with the stalkerish thing, that was recent. That was just a few weeks ago. And, um, and it was, it was scary. I, I was actually like scared <laughs> a little bit, you know, because I didn't know if this person knew where I lived, or if he knew like, you know, and, and and that's, and I don't like to be in fear. I don't believe that fear is a helpful emotion, but I also know that I'm human and I experience fear and it's normal, you know? Um, anyway, so, so I had, I talked to somebody who actually has become like an advisor for me and he's actually Sufi. I don't know if you're familiar with like Sufi. It's like a mystical Muslim approach to life um, connected to Islam, but a mystical and, you know, for what, whatever, you know, but he said a few things when I had a conversation with him that unlocked something for me. And 
it was a combination of that and just really taking some time to clear my mind to you know meditate that there was a shift in my perspective that came about and it really was just simply an awareness that i had been operating in ego when i hadn't been aware and i thought that i, I already know about this stuff i don't need to I, i'm not an ego you know i already know about ego i would know if i'm an ego like in a little bit of arrogance and um and I was saying to somebody and my husband, I was like, I was schooled. Like I was schooled because I didn't, I I thought that I was fine. And, and I, it, essentially it was my ego that was dominating everything I was thinking. And what I've been, I'll just wrap this up because I don't even know where I'm going with it. But what I've been experiencing recently is an awareness that I do not know what is going to come in my life. I have some ideas and I can try to like co-create it and manifest, but I'm kind of like tired of that. And I want to just allow, I want to surrender and I want to just be open to the energies. And, and I feel like this is what I'm being asked to do <laughs> and thinking, you know, when I think I have a plan for something, this is what I, this is how I've been schooled. I think I have a plan and I think that I'm going to do something and I'm going to take action. I'm, you know, I've started a business and I've been doing this business for eight years and it's worked, right? That strategy of like working and goal setting has worked to a certain extent, you know, it's worked enough where I'm able to support myself and my family to a certain extent. So that's great. But it's also, there's ego in there. And what I think I'm ha is happening is I'm being asked to just surrender and opened to where, where there's places I'm being asked to move. And I know, I think I have a sense of what those places are. And I can tell you that later if you want, but um, what move into that might not be what I actually had planned. And it's not what I normally do. And it's a shifting, but it's scary because it means something unknown and something different that I, uh, that it's not, that's not familiar, which is, which the ego despises because the unknown is, is scary. And for me that what that comes down to is connecting with source, with creator energy, with oneness, with God, what, what people would call God and how to connect with that. And it's really, you know, light and what's the way I talk about it at least. And what's been helpful for me is just visualizing literally and feeling just this pulsating um, the source of all that is and how, and I've so long, I've been like, okay, I connect with angels and spirit guides and ascended mass and these different sort of expressions of that, but it hasn't quite been enough. And I think for a long time, I had been afraid of connecting with quote God because I didn't sound too religious, but that's what I'm being asked to do. And and maybe as I say that, I'll be, it'll change after I even say that because everything's changing all the time. But but that's what I've been noticing is that concept of surrender and knowing that I don't know or, or being aware of the fact that I really don't know, that none of us really know, um, has been illuminating. <laughs> I... I, I... Want to uh, talk about a couple things you said there. First of all, I love what you said. Um, I want to know what your thoughts are on ego, just in general. So, um, ego in my mind, now that I've reinterpreted what I thought it was, was is really a balanced uh, basis for which you to survive upon. Once that's in balance, then you can, you know, sort of then go from the string of the kite because you make sure it's secure to then the kite, right? And then you can kind of bridge the two because you know that one's safe. And so therefore, there you go. But as it goes, it's not a set and forget it kind of a thing because it's a spinning of plates, perhaps. It's where you need to really make sure that this foundation is good and solid. But it's just like the uh, Thomas Jefferson quote, freedom isn't free. The cost is ever vigilance, which means that you still must tend that garden often. Now, uh, I want to tie in something with your stalker that you talked about. Did that make you... From my interpretation, it seems like maybe that was an opportunity to check the ego to see where it's at as far as its survival basics. And that now that you're, you know, you're out, you're writing books, you're doing conferences, you're out there doing things, uh, there's a survival check maybe that you were offered the opportunity to take a look at. Um, maybe arm yourselves or live in a state where that's okay. Uh, things like that, you know. So yep. there, there are just kind of checks I think that your reality can give you. And so therefore, 
when and a lot of people, and you're not saying this, when a lot of folks talk about the ego, they're talking about killing it all together, which in my mind is killing, you know, cutting off your left arm just because you write with your right, mm -hmm. right? It, it's still very important, vital, and it's there for a reason, I think. It's not one of these vestigial concepts of us, right? Like your appendix yes. or some shit, right? Yeah. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that? That maybe um, there, there's a balance that occurred with the uh, stalker thing. Cause I think that, you know, I mean, if y'all need some guns, we got a few in Texas. We can just oh, mail you a couple, I we think. Have, okay. We have, we have. We don't need um, to talk yeah. about it, but but <laughs> what I will say is, um, I don't know, what what did that do for you? Was that sort of one of those things that was a check and how did that relate to your ego? Well, I will say like, I don't, I don't mind talking about guns because um, just briefly, like, yeah, we have we have some and I, I've used I've used it once a gun once, but my I don't really know how I'm not comfortable using it. My husband does. And when we had that um, the shooter thing here, we we got he, we got it out. He brought it out and brought it inside, you know, and I'm glad we had it because that made us feel safe. And, you know, so that's a whole nother conversation. I mean, I anyway, but in terms of the the stalker situation, which really didn't get to that point. It just was, he was emailing me constantly and, you know, and like, there's a few things that, and I know he was, it's severe mental instability. Um, so I was a little worried about what happened, but I also tapped in. So <clears throat> with that specific situation, I was aware of fear and what fear can do. And I was aware that my fear could take me into the worst case scenario of thinking of like, well, what if he finds my house and what if he comes and what if my children aren't safe? And what if all that, that it really all comes down to my kids, right? Like I want to protect myself, but I really want to protect my kids even more. And, um, and I thought about it and I was like, okay, he's not even main. What's the likelihood. And he hasn't ever threatened violence. So I realized that my fear was kind of was unfounded and I was able to kind of work through that. And I also, you know, connected in with light and asked for protection. Um, but that, and so that helps. And I also didn't respond. I just, I didn't respond to anything. Once I realized he was going to this place of just strange behavior, I just didn't respond at all to nothing. And that worked <laughs> disengage. So I'm not feeding that. Um, and I also removed him everywhere, blocked him everywhere, you know, all that things like protect myself in that way. But, um, but in terms of like the ego, yeah, I totally agree that it, we need our egos are important to keep, you know, we need that our egos, they get stuff done for us. <laughs> and it's, it's like, they keep us safe. Um, but it's a matter of just balance, you know, like balancing it out with our higher selves, the way, yes, you know, what I call our higher selves. So it's easy when someone's in business, I think. And when you're like a spiritual teacher, I guess, not necessarily calling myself that, but some people might say that to fall into being dominated by ego. Like there's some, you know, arrogance that can come about or, you know, or just, um, you know, like being in business, like setting goals and creating things. And, you know, just, it's, it's much easier than one would think. Maybe it maybe isn't as one, one would think, maybe one would think is easy, but, um, so, it's for me, it's just about keeping it in check or keeping that part that isn't me. It's that isn't me in check. And that's kind of, you know, we could go way down the rabbit hole with like what actually is ego because I actually have some, you know, I think I've been reading this interesting book, which will scare the crap out of some people, but I'm going to say it anyway. It? Please, no, no, no. The, this is the place you do say things like that. Yeah. It's called The Unquiet Dead and it's by Edith Fiore. And it's an old book and I, it was an assignment for my, one of my hypnotherapy classes. And it's all about possession, spirit possession and attachments. But she uses, she goes in like possession. And I, at first I read, it, I was like this, no, you know, like, come on. And, and I don't even like, I don't, I still am skeptical of some of the things she says, some very interesting thing you would find interesting, like that people, some people, I mean, she would be canceled. <laughs> She, some people, what she thinks are things that are from attachments, like that, you know, that she basically, this woman basically her theory is that attachments of energies of other souls 
wayward, you know, um, entities, you know, people, souls that haven't crossed into the light that almost everybody has an attachment. And especially if there, if there's, if there's addiction involved and, um, and I honestly believe, and maybe I'm saying this to you for a reason, I don't know that any, that suicides are all from attachments because it's low vibrational energies that are not the person that are telling them things. And anyway, and, you know, people that work, if you work in a hospital, there's so many spirits that are coming and going that, you know, can attach to people and that they don't, they don't, we can talk more about it, but they, you know, it's like, they don't know they're dead or they, they're afraid they done something wrong. So they don't go to the light. Um, and they're not necessarily like evil, but um, just confused. And I had, I know because I had that, <laughs> I had experienced it myself. And I had to clear it and I had to send her to the light and got some help from a few friends to send this person to the light. So I think, so my whole point is I think that ego is actually potentially more than just, you know, negative thoughts, but attachments of other spirits and entities that we're carrying. This is where it gets interesting. Um, this is where this idea that we're vessels and that we can be apprehended at any moment and that sort of if you let your guard down and that you slip far enough or you drink enough alcohol or you get into this possessable state, then something will hop the hell in and take the wheel. And it seems like this subconscious realm in which they say 95% of your actions operate is this interface and main housing component to whatever the hell this thing is. And it's sort of like a train station or something. They're like, oh, yeah, you need a entity over here. Yeah, I got one right here. And it's like you're traded on an open market whenever you get down. It's sort of the way that I picture it. Now, to what you said about this being a confusing thing, um, I don't disagree with that because, again, in my admittingly unbalanced perspective right now, in my attempt to balance, uh, I could see then, let's say that the fourth dimension is a real reality of spirit where the way that you survive there is to latch on or to utilize the energy from the third dimension as your fuel source in whatever way. Now, let's say most survivors of that that survive and thrive in the way that we see, let's say, elites and government members and things like that doing that. Well, how do they do it? They perpetuate evil and disgusting things. It's adrenochrome idea. So maybe in the other side, this next realm, and maybe this is the exact next rung on the ladder when you die, which is just for conversation here, then maybe that those people are really good at producing you know, or feeding off of those negative emotions that they then produce. And so therefore that's what they gravitate. Therefore they grow real big. It seems in my mind, again, that the system is set up for negative emotions and energy is to be the most palpable fuel source here. And a good God in my mind, if this was an altruistic thing and a, and we have many philosophies on this again, just from my unbalanced perspective right now, wouldn't do that. But uh, we can talk about if it's a school and that you signed up to be here. But the main point of this is, is that if this is the case, that you are being inhabited or that things can take over this vessel and just sort of drive you around, then, I mean, what the hell is any of this stuff? How can anyone be held accountable? How can people not just, because it's a very real and observable thing, not just then the other side use it as a scapegoat to commit horrible acts of atrocity and just say, ah, oh, is this spirit possession thing. But again, I, I think that we're real phase in out a bull. Like the, um, the Matrix probably nailed it with this, where any person can become a smith just like that. Like you can just turn on and all of a sudden this thing takes your body over and morphs into you. And where there was a Susan before, now there's an Agent Smith, a representative of the Matrix. And this Matrix seems to be fueled on chaos. So perhaps again, this representative that shows up is this one that wants to drink and go do fucked up shit to kids. I mean, I, I don't know, but, but it does seem like an apprehension of whatever we're driving around here. And then it almost makes me think like we're just NPCs waiting for the next, whatever demon decides that it wants to play this game and fuck it up. And then just gets to take over your car and ruin your life. And then yeah. no behest of your own. It's a, it's a fucked up perspective, but again, I'm, I'm working on it, you know? So what about that? What if the, the reason it's confusing in that dimension and that we feel that they're feeding off of us inherently is because they're just trying to survive in a world they don't understand like we are. And again, this is a consideration, but maybe they're feeding off of us and that's what their next step is. Mm -hmm. So it is confusing. So <clears throat> this is really good. I mean, this is actually helpful for me too, because I, I, it's, so here's what I, well, here's my thoughts on that. Um, or my feelings <laughs> on that. I, uh, there's the concept of polarity, you know, in 
at least here on earth, that there's light and dark, there's good and bad. And in all the things I've like read and picked up on in the Akashic records and as a you know hypnotherapist guiding people into life between life regressions where they have no, some people have no idea about any of this stuff. And they're like, take me to the spirit realm. And they, and it's and consistently report, they report the same things, like the same sorts of connections. There's light, there's a guide that comes to meet you, a guide. Um, anyway, there's, so there's some real interesting evidence that I feel I've kind of landed on is like, what I feel is truth about what there is, like there is this source and the source is this immense light that pulsates in and out. And I've seen it multiple times in different, you know, my own experiences, but the, and I literally just wrote about this the other day, briefly in a post is that I believe the source of all human suffering is separation from that source. And which is what you're you're speaking to that there's then there's these horrible evil things that we see happening on earth and there's these wayward wayward spirits and it can be to the mind how can these things exist if there if this you know and, and we think about the traditional religious concept of i've been reading it's interesting my son and i've been reading parts of the old testament for this our homeschool curriculum and we're just literally picking it apart like this sounds right that's totally messed up What's that? And honestly, I believe, you know, the gold, te- the God and the old, this is going like way down. The, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the place. But, you know, the, if you believe in the God of the Old Testament, that God is a pretty messed up God in my view. I'm going to be totally offending people right now by saying that. I'm sorry. Simplification, those, but yeah, yeah. Yes, who are offended by that. But a God that would willingly like try to sacrifice a child and, you know, kill people and tell people, you know, do that sorts of things. To me, that's not the God that I, when I say God, I'm not connecting with that God. And what I talked to my son about is that I believe that God was actually a different God called Yahweh. And Yahweh was not the same God as source. And which makes a lot of sense if you think about like what, what Jesus talks about in the New Testament whatever people think about Jesus in the New Testament, I think there's still falsehoods, you know, that put into the Bible too. And I certainly don't believe everything in the Bible, but there's a lot of light codes in there. There's a lot of, there's truth hidden within. Anyway, so my whole point is, if you think about an entire book of the Bible is based on what potentially is a God that is not pure love, at least, what does that do to people, right? And then, and, and, you know, kind of back to what you were saying and what I was getting at, I guess, was about well, what is real? You know, we kind of, we all just want to know what is real and what is true. And I think ultimately, you know, as humans, because we are in a state of separation inherently on earth, like you said, it is a prison planet. I do believe to a certain extent that's true. I mean, that is true. And a version of reality, that's true. And we, they have been siphoning us. They have been feeding on our fear and our anger for thousands of years, using us as food sources, the Anunnaki, you know, the ones who think they control things, who have been, whoever they are, extraterrestrials. But from a vibrational perspective, we know that these things are all happening and we know that there's horrible things out there, but we're being asked to not, I believe, let me just say, let me speak for myself. For me, I don't want to focus on that because then they suck me in when i give them my when i give that my attention i then that vibration begins to my vibration starts to align with that vibration do you know what i mean which is why i didn't see sound of freedom which is why i because i just i knew i know what's happening but if i get too close to it I start to get really angry and scared, you know, and and I know that that anger is that is that vibration, and that's what they want, you know. So my goal is is to say is to just be like that highway, like okay, I see what's happening, and this can sound like a very sound. It can sound cold. I don't believe it is, but because I certainly do offer light and prayers, but for me to help personally to anchor the light, to bring in light to the planet which I believe is my job, one of my jobs, as is yours, you know, probably could be wrong, but (laughs) I'm guessing it is, um, is to be really conscious of my vibration. And, and it's so right now, it is so 
I mean, for somebody like me, for somebody like you, for us to be affected when we have a lot of tools and awareness, just imagine how the average person, you know, that sounds maybe kind of arrogant, but no, I'm saying that they're probably experiencing something equivalent to that. They've been slipped acid and they'd never tripped acid before. And we've all tripped acid and we're just like trying to talk them out of it. Yeah. Talk them down. And that's where people are just ending their lives because they're like, you know what? What's the, like, you know, like I'm done. And we're just kind of a reality would force that experience upon people unprepared to handle it. Right. A hell reality but, in my mind. And, you know, and I think it is, this is probably the hell. I think you're right. Like there, this, the hell would be here, <laughs> would be earth. And, but yet we've chosen to come here, I believe, as a way to learn and experience. Like, and so if you think about it, we're all here to learn a lesson and to learn something more about ourselves. Like light, the light wants to know itself. Why did, from the beginning of creation, there was, you know, uh, whatever it was like a circle, right? Like the circle of light, the seed. And then it wanted expanded out because it wanted to know itself. It wanted to understand more of who it was. That's the source. And then there, then we became these pieces of that. We are souls are pieces of that light. And how, but how do we know that we're light? And this is, there's this really interesting book called the little soul in the sun by Neil Donald Walsh. And it's a kid's book, but it talks about this. And it's like the only way to know light is to experience it for anything is to often experience the opposite. So to go into the dark and to see the dark and to be in the dark and to be the dark. And then it's like, there's that polarity, like, okay, then I, then we start to see by knowing the dark, that the opposite of that would be light. And of course there's a lot of gray in between, but what do you think? I think it's fat. Everything you're saying is fascinating and I adore you more and more. Um, I think the point of having light is to shine it in the darkness, uh, to blind that shit. And the point I make with that is to say that what you said was accurate is that, yeah, I see this place that fucked up and it really pissed me off. But what I'm doing with my light, instead of having it and just making sure that I know I've got it, which I'm not saying that's what you're doing. We're just talking. Uh, what I'm saying is, is instead of some folks that will take that light and just either cover it or just make it real, real, real dim so that they don't stand out. And that's worthiness. That's all kinds of shit. But then uh, additionally, so though, that it's scary when you shine your light around, you're going to catch some eyes in the dark that you don't fucking want to look like. It's going to terrify you. The difference is, is now from this position of seeing that that shit's everywhere. I'm holding my light at it and learning how to look at it without fear. That's the whole point, I think, is to stare at the fucking darkness, shine your light into it, not to hide behind it in the dark as everything is just on the periphery that you just can't see. If we all took our flashlights instead of, and I mean, this is an internal thing, but really shined it on the darkness out there, it would flee. I mean, absolutely flee. It has to go. Um, what's that movie? Constantine. Remember, they're in the street and all the lights go out, and that's why they the lights went out, so they could appear. They then appear, he lights this flare off, and boom, they go and that's the thing with it. But if you don't light that flare, if you don't shine it, then you're and you're avoiding the eyes that you know are around you. And right here, just shine the damn light and take a look at it. It's terrifying as fuck. But there is a power and a resolve on the other side of it. And it's not anger. It's it's not bitterness. It's just an got it, got it. I know where I stand now. Kind of a thing. And again, whether this is a accurate perception and I'm just leading my way to where you are, the way that the path that I'm taking, I don't know. But also want to mention something interesting to what you said that you made me think about whenever uh, you talked about the Bible. And when we're talking about Old Testament, New Testament and things like that, it makes me think of, especially going through like uh, Nakamati stuff and um, a lot of a lot of stuff right now, Rachel. Um, it, it makes me think that it's interesting that it was contained within the volume to begin with. So in itself, if we could step back from the book and look at why it would be included in the first place to be so oppositional. And then why perhaps the Jesus character was inserted in there at that important moment to then make us feel better for a happy ending. I, I look at it like Hegelian dialect played out right there for everybody, meaning problem, reaction, solution. The problem was created by God itself in the first damn place. The solution was something that could have been avoided in the beginning by not allowing this idea of free will, which I want to talk to you about if we have it all, and then also including the idea of original sin and all of this shit to where you have a place to go after this, knowing that God knows time and everything and is outside of that. So he's manufacturing souls for hell constantly and then not being able to see it any clearer, but then Jesus just shows the fuck up. And all of a sudden this dude gets to hop in and go, hey guys, all you gotta do is believe 100% on the thing that sucked ass five chapters ago and was murdering babies and shit. All you gotta do is give it all to that thing. Remember, it's like a, it's a, what do they call that? 
a rebranding, but it came in the form of this nonsense, in my opinion, okay, I'm not trashing on anybody's ideas. It came in the form of nonsense from a nonsense bullshit God. If, if you look at like some of the UFO people who come out who were CIA agents and they're coming out and they're going on all these podcasts and that's great. I don't have them on because I'm not going to trust anything they fucking say. We'll, we'll have a cool conversation, right? But I'm going to want to know a lot of things that they're probably not going to be able to answer. And this is why I think, again, laid out in the Bible, it's nice to have right there the Hegelian dialect, the, survive, the savior concept came in, just like the Bolshevik Revolution, Q, or anything else. Problem, God created yes. this whole damn thing, and it sucks ass, and you're caught in the middle of it, but he doesn't want you to know how fucked you are because the best prison is the one a prisoner doesn't know he's in. So then they slap this Jesus figure in the middle, healing all your sins, guys. You can actually rape and murder kids all the way up until your last death. Last breath you got, go, save me, Jesus. And you do, and you're gone. And you can just fuck right off into heaven with everybody else. It's, um, in my mind again, I think it's interesting how the PSYOP is just laid out in black, white, and red for you in the pages. What do you think of that? Yeah, and I'm with you. I see what you're saying. Um, I think there's a lot of, I don't, this term is kind of overused and I don't really like it, but the term false light, you know, like it's trick. There's a lot of tricky trickster energy. And I think the Bible and, okay, well, you know what, we're talking about it. Like, and I think most religions are that, you know, that there there's truth, there's light in there, but it's, they're really designed to trick people into like intense programming. And I'm talking like pretty much every religion, you know, and to believe that they are not, that they are less than worthy, that they are, you know, sinners and that they're bad and that they can't connect with light and that they, you know, even like that they can never be like somebody like Jesus because we're just so pathetic and horrible, you know, and that's part of the concept of separation. That was part of the keeping us in a state of control. It's interesting because I think, and I know you're not saying this, but I think it would be very, I got to be careful of how I say this. Let me flip it around and say, I would, I, I, if any human were listening to anything that I say, or you say, like what I would, if somebody said, what, what, what do we do? I would say, well, I would advise people to not take the Bible literally and to take it as metaphor and that knowing that there's an illusion that's being presented and that the truth, if we would ever know the truth is beneath the illusion, because the people who created, who printed, who put the words in there had an agenda. And those people were connected to, as you know, you know, the ones who came in and took over this planet, which I believe and there's a lot of evidence of that, of extraterrestrials, lots of extraterrestrials have been here. And actually, I just found a passage in the Bible just yesterday with Aaron. And it said, you know, there was a time when giants walked the earth and when heavenly beings mated with women. The daughters of man. Hell right? yeah. Yeah, you know that, that passage, right? Dick. It's in Genesis. Fuck yeah, yeah. So they tell us what they're doing. You know, they have to tell us part of like, I think that's part of like, this is what happened. You know, we create these human hybrids from all these different extraterrestrial races. Um, and, but most people wouldn't like, would just be like, what does that mean? And they would kind of skim over it. But um, back to what I feel like I, I need to come back to what you were originally saying about just what kind of like world we live in, you know? And I, and I, cause I think, I think it's, you know, like, but like people, it's okay. Like just do all these horrible things and then you can just, you know, ask for forgiveness and then be fine. And I think, you know, but I think there is, that's the free will piece. So, right. Like you, people can do horrible things and ultimately it comes down to them judging themselves. And that's, you know, when I do, cause you know, I, my lens is through the Akashic records and the masters, like in the, that's the judgment after that we die. And this is what I believe pretty strongly, pretty firmly, cause I've seen it so many times and I've seen people talk about it that, you know, after we die, we go before a council of wise ancient beings who will literally say to us, how did that go? Like, what, how do you think you, you did in your life? And if you did all those horrible things, <laughs> then that be, might be like, you know, I say, for instance, somebody, people that we know, like that are doing horrible things to children or something, these horrible, evil things. 
And after they die, they might, first of all, they might not actually make it to that council at all because they would refuse to go to the light and they end up becoming just lost. And that's also, that's like the bardo, you know, like they, they might not even make it there because they know what they've done. And so they wouldn't even get to that point of light, but say they do make it there and they're like, oh yeah, I, I did these horrible things, but this is why, you know, they might justify it. They might not actually have the awareness to even look at themselves in that way, in which case they would potentially go through a period. I've seen this actually in regressions I've done like a period of intense healing, like a cocoon. You kind of like they take, you get, and I I don't want to say they, because I think it's really important that a lot of people understand. And and I, this is something that's interesting for me is that we're making these decisions. Like they're guiding us. It's like, there's nobody punishing us. There's nobody telling us, you know, that you have to go do this, but it's us that's doing it. Like if we're not ready to come to the, to look at what we've done or if this person say, isn't ready to look at what they've done and to be held account, hold themselves accountable for it, then they're just going to kind of float around for a little while and then they'll get another chance to go back or they might sometimes there's this I think is rare, but they might get recycled right back into a body and because they've got to go learn again and they might, but they get a chance to kind of decide like, okay, what am I going to work on in this life? And how am I going to learn a lesson? If they do have that ability, well, I'm going to experience the polar opposite of being the abused this time instead of the abuser. And I'm going to have horrible abuse happen to me because I need to understand, I need to feel what it's like to have that done to me. And that's going to help me learn. So I don't know if this is, you know, kind of getting at what you were talking about, but it it is. And it's perfect. Um, And I'm curious now about the soul trap trap, because I did ask Howdy about this. I love the man's work. I think it's fascinating. He has um, been a a big uh, part of where, where I've launched this new perspective and a lot of confidence in launching this new perspective. And uh, looking at then things he's, um, you know, uh, reference. And so I'm going into all that stuff. But even in that, I asked him in the interview, dude, how do we know that you're not full of shit? You know, how do we know that this idea isn't a false light thing to get us to stop our lessons and to get us into this void type thing? Because admittingly, it's terrifying. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems that it makes sense with the new sort of dark matter equation that I've plugged into my reality that sort of fits it. It fit. It answers a lot more questions than I've uh, thought it would, to be honest with you. And so seeing it that way, that it's also being reinforced in my curiosity, which is I'm taking note of all of it. I'm not seduced by any of it, if that makes sense. I'm very self-aware of my thoughts and my process on this. But even to that, what if this is a fake thing? And what if like they had it wrong or, you know, I don't, I don't know. So then that's the question. I've, I've got so many questions for you and I know we're on a time here. So we're actually going to probably extend this another time and do it on Patreon. Guys, check the link below for the follow-up for this. It's going to be awesome. I have written way more things down for us to discuss, but I do want to talk about your program and your book. But to this, let's just real quick, uh, free will. Um, When we talk about the idea of spirit possession, we talk about that you signed a contract and then forgot allegedly and then hopped into this thing with trust and knowing that you signed a contract and that it's all for your benefit in some way, even though you can't remember from one life to another that thorns suck and that cliffs are high and that snakes are venomous like that would be useful to retain that information i would think <laughs> from grade you know <laughs> two to five if you get to relearn math in between there every single time then it might slow things down a bit and might be a little inefficient so to the cover story idea of that this is a school you know and then back uh, to this idea that you're sitting here as a soul and you're like yeah i want to do this and this and this and that's great but what about the meeting that's happening on top of the meeting you're having where there's a window with a mirror glass there that's looking at you going yeah 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 when she decides this we're gonna uh, this horrible thing's gonna happen there you're gonna get a ton of loose dude don't worry about it and then yeah when that happens there oh god you're gonna get so much loose from this shit right here and then actually jerry here is gonna tag team you got a twin flame thing going on that's gonna feed you guys forever and that's a contract being signed on a, behind another window behind you the food source the cow doesn't know what it's doing when it hops onto a new farm and it might get treated great the whole damn time but the second that farmer's hungry that cow is what it is there for right so again um there was a lot in there my question is on free will how can we rely that free will exists or even entertain it as a concept when we think that entities can just pop in and drive the wheel anytime they want or we're signing soul contracts under duress from this horrible experience we had that we're immediately shoved back into for some weird fucking reason. What are your thoughts on free will is my question. Right. Yeah. Well, okay. 
I just want to free will. There's so many things, I, but I feel like there's something I want to just address because I think I forgot to before, um, which is nobody really knows what's true, what's real. I mean, I can't, I mean, I've been trying to say like, this is what I believe, but honestly, I don't really know. Like, I don't really know with 100% certainty that anything I'm saying is actually true. <laughs> right. And I think, same, absolute same. Right. Okay. And so yeah. I think, and honestly, I, I would hope that anybody would say that because that it's all true. I mean, there's a lot of evidence and I've come to my own conclusions, but I think for me personally, and this is what I would suggest to anybody else, again, this is just my opinion, what feels good? Like if something feels, because we don't know really what's true, but that's also an ego sort of desire to know what's true, right? If we think of it that way, the ego wants to know what's true to a certain extent. And But what if we can say, well, this feels right to me. This feels aligned in my body. This feels good. So this is what I'm going to, this is what's truth to me. So for me, it's like, I don't want to think of it as there, like as being, I don't want to think of myself as a food source because I don't like that. That feels crappy. Like I, I don't, that makes me mad, you know? <laughs> and I, so I want to think of it in a different perspective. But is even that though I false know light? Is that the ego's inability to look at something and shine the damn light on the scary monster and consider it as a variable that okay. actually would make all the difference? It, it right. balances the equation. Well, so here's the thing. This is what I think, because yeah, there's a concept of like spiritual bypassing, like not, not looking at something because it's unpleasant. But here's the thing that I've learned in the Akashic Records, which is two things can be true at once. So, okay, I'm a food source and they're feeding off my energy. And yes, that can be true. But there's another perspective too, which is also true, which is I am a being of light and I can transmute that with my light and any of that, whatever they're trying to do, if I, and here's a free will, if they, if I believe that they have the ability to do that to me, then they will have that ability to do that to me because I believe they do because I'm giving them that power. But if I believe that I, that I, my light and that light that comes through me is the most powerful thing there is, which I believe, you know, that's love and that, that unconditional pure love will dissolve whatever that is away, which I believe certainly that it does. It's the most powerful tool we have. Then it, then it, then they have no power over me because I am a sovereign being. And I think that's what ultimately this comes back to is sovereignty is like, that's what we're being asked to learn. And I think that is what beings like Jesus were trying to teach. Jesus is one of my primary guides. So I talk about Jesus in that way. You know, I, I, I love him deeply, even though not, you know, <laughs> I know he's your homeboy, and I didn't mean to dump on him. I just think maybe <laughs> no, the Jesus in the Bible is a different thing. You know what I mean? Brandon, they none of the co-opted like, the character. I've actually heard of somebody that channeled Jesus once. It was like he was like a shirtless on a beach, and he was cool as fuck. And he was like, "What are you doing here? Quit coming to me. I'm trying to live right. another life." He's like, yeah. "I'm nothing like they wrote about me. I hate that." You know? Right? Yeah, exactly. Nothing like you know. And honestly, I could change. But nothing offends me. Seriously, I don't get. I don't get offended. That's not. That's like not a thing. Um. But I mean, maybe not so to say nothing. I'm sure there's probably some things, but, um, but, you know, I think um, one of the things that I'm still learning too is like to just, and I actually was saying this to um, a few clients the other day is like, I don't really listen to anybody right now. I don't follow anybody that, cause I've been burned like a number of times by following somebody and just be like, what do they think? Like, Oh, this person's going to tell me what's happening and they're going to tell me what to believe. And so before I know it, I'm giving my power away to that person or I'm not thinking for myself, which is exactly what we've been trained to do by reading the newspaper, by listening to the news. We've been trained not to think for ourselves in traditional religions, we, religions, we've been trained not to think for ourselves to just allow somebody else to tell us. Right. And I think that, oh, the sun's coming out really brightly. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good sign. Being illuminated for another time here with us. Being this. illuminated. Yeah. Um, but I feel like that's the concept of free will is like, how do we, you know, and I, I don't think those being the, you know, God or any sort of source or guides or any of that, they have nearly as much control over us as we, some people think. In fact, you know, I think with soul contracts, like we say, you know what, I'm going to try to do this myself. 
And like, I don't want you to intervene unless I really, really ask, like if I really, really want you to. And so they, and so that's in the soul contract. And I could be wrong about that, you know, um, but that, and there's also that like veil, you know, it's hard for us to them to get through to us and for hard for us to connect with that light because we're here and there's just separation. Um, but that's part of the learning is making these choices with our free will as part of the process of uncovering who we really are, that we are that source energy, that nobody else is that, that we we have these all these abilities that have been hidden from us. And it's part of like going into that darkness that we start to find them, that we call upon our own inner son of kind of light to find them. So I don't know if that answers what you were asking at all, because I'm, now I'm kind of forgetting. It does. It does indeed. It, it does indeed. This conversation goes so deep. And so um, I want to do uh, real quick on control. Okay. So uh, the, their ability to control us. You hear stories of this stuff about um, how people mentally detach and shut down through traumatic events, right? And if we say that trauma is the way that we heal and grow, then why would somebody not remember that they were raped multiple times by a family member because their brain shut it off as a safety mechanism until years later and maybe even close to their death? Like it wasn't useful in their lives other than to be something horrible for that family member. So uh, another thing uh, is the screen memory idea and the contact uh, phenomena, whether you subscribe to this as a thing or not, contactees report that their perception is, was altered and apprehended. Missing time is a big one. You got five mm -hmm. hours plucked out of your existence that's gone, right? And that you have to hunt down and then trust that what you're getting is correct. It's missing from your conscious experience. Same thing with screen memories. They'll go into hypnosis later, again, finding out outside, outsourcing outside of themselves to be told that this event occurred to them and that it wasn't really an owl, it was an entity and it really did all this horrible shit to you and here's how you feel about it really. Where is the, if you can be so controlled like that and things can just be switched off and then you can just be used as whatever pin cushion, whatever entity wants to, where does that fit into our ability to take that information in, retain it as useful and carry it on? Hmm. So I think, you know, coming at it from a lens of choice, like, what if I, at a subconscious level, and all of us chose, like literally before pre-incarnation with that person that did that to us, like we asked them, like, you're going to, you're going to, maybe they, maybe we don't know exactly what they're going to do, but it's agreed that they're going to do something bad. And, you know, they're going to do something bad. And then, you know, say in the sense of like being raped uh, by a family member, which is horrifyingly common, I hear it, you know, so, or something like, or, or somebody, but especially if it's a family member who you, you believe is supposed to love and care for you. And then they do this horrible thing. How, how do you reconcile that? Um, I think, you know, there's a, as a child that's still, we're still obviously our soul in our bodies as, as child, as children, that we're still at a very subconscious level learning from that experience. And then at the same time, our sub, our conscious mind protects us from the pain of that experience and not and so we don't remember because we because we are just a child so there's two again like two things are true at once we're a soul and a body having these human experiences learning through the experience of really really hard things through that experience that we in a in a in a way planned to happen and at the same time, we're humans and we're fragile and we're their children becoming adults. And so there's a part of us that's protected from that. And I do that with people all the time, like their memories start to come back, but not all of them, because if it's not, if they're not ready in this life to actually deal, handle the intense pain that would come from remembering those memories, then it's not going to come up because they're not going to, it's not going to help them. If it's going to overwhelm them too much, it's going to, it's not going to come up. But if it did, if it will come up, if it does come up, it's coming up because they have the tools and the ability to begin to heal from it. And, but you know, it's like, what I always say is like, well, we can't treat, we can't see. So why does it even come in the first place? Because we're bringing it up. The memory will come up. So then it can be, looked at 
you know, maybe seen and felt and, and processed in a different way. And ultimately what we want to move towards, which can be, there's this word that can be hard for people to hear is forgiveness. And when I think, you know, and it's just letting it go. And um, there's a lot of stuff that's been done to us, you know, for especially the past few years that we have a lot to be angry about. But when we hold the anger within us, it just affects us. It just feels like crap. It doesn't help us. And there may be no rat. There may, we never may get to that place of like understanding why somebody did something like, well, why did they do that? There may be no reason like in the human mind and from the human perspective, why that person, they're just suffering. They're damaged. They didn't know any better because they were so damaged themselves. And, and can we just say, okay, I'm just going to accept that. Maybe, you know, and just being like, they must be so damaged that they would do that to another human. And that brings about some sort of compassion. Like, well, obviously that person, I see this with family, like people gets passed down, you know, the father gets raped by his father and then his father, his uncle did that to him or the daughter, did, you know, the grandfather did that to her. And then, well, his somebody, you know, it's just everybody's doing it back down the line. And but, and they're all, but they're all holding on to the anger. They're holding, I don't know what they're, they're holding on to something, right? And so, until the energies now on earth, for so many people who are in, incarnated right now, we are starting to look at it differently and just say, well, maybe I'm going to approach this with um, love instead of numbing myself from it, instead of avoiding it, the feelings I don't want to feel that don't feel good. I'm going to actually allow, you know, see if I can feel those feelings with the help of light, with the help of other tools. And then and that the concept of like compassion and empathy for empathy for the other, for those, the person who did, who did that horrible thing can actually bring about like a release. Cause you're basically saying I'm no longer going to allow those, the horrible negative feelings I have to affect me. I don't like these feelings. I don't want them anymore. And so I'm going to start to cut, you know, I'm going to see them. I'm going to go through them, allow them to be, to surface. And this is why, you know, past life regressions can be helpful because you feel all the trauma and, the, and any sort of regression, then you just, it starts to be released. And then that's really forgiveness. You're like, I've processed it for myself. You know, I don't, maybe you say, I don't care what happens to you. You're evil, horrible person. <laughs> you know, I don't care what happens to you. The one who did this to me. But at, at ideally, at some point, we'd be like, I'm just sad. You'd be sad for them. Like, clearly, you're so damaged and broken that you would do that to another human. That I hope you find peace in your life, maybe on the other side. It might not be till after they died. But if we can get to that place, then we've started to let it go. And that brings us freedom. And that brings us into you know, embodying our light, I guess, a little more or feeling our light a little more. It's a beautiful quote by a guy named Richard Rose. And he says, I'm not interested in the business of fixing flat tires. I'm in the business of getting nails off of the highway. And this is how I feel when it really comes down to this is the modus operandi. Okay. It's the idea of the medical industry only treating symptoms and not really core root causes. And so when we talk about this in this way, if we're looking at it just simply unemotionally, perhaps, and we could just see it as a system as it functions, then as it functions, it's perfect. And therefore, this idea of a utopia here is not going to be created. It's the idea that there should be a utopia here, but won't, which is what keeps this place perfect. Now, if you look at that from any level of logic, then you would say, well, why is that particular element so important? And especially the chaos, and it seems to be, again, this loose idea and this ever hope, but always... Uh, carnage, all this kind of thing. And so then you would say, okay, well, what does that function serve the purpose of? And in, in my mind, if we're talking about memories that can just be erased from you, but therefore you, the body keeps the score, right? And so you'll carry that trauma throughout and maybe react in horrible ways your entire life, not knowing why you did it. But from a perspective of a system that operates that way, you're creating these little agents of chaos that perpetuate the loose throughout the entire system. So you've got an unwilling participant in this thing that can just shut itself off because they were, let's say, going to be pure anyway and not going to do anything, whatever. So of course they're going to get him as kids, they're going to rape him, all that good shit. The memory wiped the thing, but that body carries the score. So that even if they're consciously unaware of it, they're creating chaos throughout their life. And maybe that is chaotic in itself. So again, it feeds this system. So if we look at a system that produces that, then you could say, well, then what is our role here? Why, 
Why are we here to learn things that way? What are the nails on the highway, right? This is, this is where I've gotten to. And this place seems to be either, again, a hell, like you're being punished for something, or a reform school in some way. Meaning that you were booted out of an awesome place, you were, you were thrown into this pit of whatever the fuck, and that you're, the modus operandi of how you learn is so horrific as to reform you to get you back into whatever societal norms are available to you in this other side. And maybe it sucks. Maybe it's a heaven with the uh, harps and everybody's just sitting around and it's boring as shit. And so we just got bored and wanted out. Maybe the whole damn thing sucks and God's a pain in the ass. And so we just kind of flip between hell and heaven because it's an infinite loop of madness. I don't know, but I love talking to you about this shit. Also, we'll find out after we die. <laughs> we will. And and uh, I'd like to also invite you to do that. Um, let's do a Patreon chat like we did with the past life regression. And sure. um, let's get some of the uh, members invited. So we're doing these member chats over there where they're live with the guest. And you guys can hang out with this interview in A is kind of what I'm calling it, even though these aren't interviews. Conversation in A to where we have a conversation. Then you guys get to ask things at the end there. So it's a fun thing where everybody gets to participate. Go sign up. Links down there. Thank you for doing that, by the way. It's a great way to support. So um, before yeah. we go, I want to talk about your book, which is going to be linked below. And thank you again for sending me this. Um, guys, she sent not only this, but a beautiful card that she hand wrote. I'm not going to show you what it says <laughs> because it made me cry. But it's very sweet. Yeah. And um, sign the book. And the way that you go about this, it's an integrative process where you have so much information in here. But you, this is participatory as well. So folks can come in and fill in and study along and go as they go grow as they go rather and my god this is so cool so first of all thank you bottom of my heart for everything the note and and sending it but what a cool project i mean outstanding tell us about it well it was really based on so tools for the awakening soul a guide to activate your intuition and uncover your life's purpose very long title that's it yes thank you Brandon. Um, it was really based on what I was noticing I was doing with clients when they would come in for like ongoing session. I, I said like, what's happening here? What are we doing? Oh, I'm talking to them about what well, we're talking. They're talking to me and I'm talking with them about what do they want in their life? How do they want to feel? That's their, like their future self. That's like that ultimate, you know, self-actualization goal. And then how do they get there? And clearing away the ego, connecting with your higher self through meditation, through just being then being aware of ego. And, and like we talked about before is, you know, managing the ego might be a more accurate way to say it, like keeping the ego in its place, not getting rid of it anyway. Um, and so, that, you know, that's what we were doing. We're spending a lot of time on writing tools and, and um, just, like we were just saying, like, where did this come from? It's often from childhood. How is it affecting you? How can you clear it? What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs? And then, of course, now I do a lot of hypnotherapy to help people clear that stuff and regressions. Um, but that, so that's a big piece of what's in the book is those writing tools and your future self and quieting the mind, which is meditation. And then how do you like stay aligned on the path and whatever path that is? And so it's opening your intuition connecting with forms of spirit, with forms of light, whatever that, whatever people want to connect with to help. And then there's, and then there's stuff in there, but you know, and then, well, action steps is the last thing. Like, so all of that, it's like this Venn diagram thing that I kind of came up with, which is this little graphic. All of that is, seems to be what works to help people. And so that's basically, it's all in the book. It's like case studies and my own, per yeah, exactly. It's a graphic like that's similar. It looks similar to that. That's a, that's one of them. Um, you know, there's graphics like that. There's places to write in. There's some of my own personal experiences doing this in my own life. There's another one. Yep, you're awesome. <laughs> and then, um, and then case studies with client I tr clients. I tried to make it funny sometimes because that's just who I am, you know. But um, to make it easier because it's intense. This is intense, heavy stuff. And um, so, so. I also I also threw in a few things in there about how to clear energy, like we were talking about, about spirit attachments, about, you know, things like how to read the Akashic records, how to connect with ancestors and break, you know, ancestral patterns, past lives, things like that. Um, so it, there's a lot. And and I and back to where we I'll just tie this very nicely together. I actually um, teach this 10 month program that I've, this is my fourth year doing it 
which I which I based off of this book. It's a it's a program where I teach people to be become intuitive guides, kind of like what I do. Um, but they go through this process in the book, like they go through that whole process themselves of experiencing these tools, like doing them in their own life and really understanding it, how it feels to go do this work, this inner work. And, um, and then there, they have the ability to then teach that to other people and like do that for others. So it's like this comes in, goes out. Um, I happen to be enrolling a new program in January, 2024, like a new sort of cohort, I guess, Um, just a small group of people. And it's, you know, so if you're listening, feel free to check it out. It'll be on my website, all those good things. Um, But it's, and it's such a cool way to just be, you know, do your own inner work while you're in a supportive group of people who are going through the same thing. And and it's, you know, and you learn how to read the Akashic records for yourself. You learn how to read them for others, if that's something you want to do. Um, So I'm really excited about that program. And it's, it's so fascinating and how it worked out that way. Like how it just, like, actually, I I will say, I create, I wrote the book, I based the program on the book, but I also wrote the book based on the program. Like I was creating stuff in the, for the book as I was teaching that first year. So, you know, I'm sure it'll evolve and change and I'll come up with new ways that I, you know, I already am like of ways that I think I can support people and things that work for me. But yeah, that program is, it's a, an intense kind of 10 month journey into your inner depths of your soul. And then you come out hopefully feeling like you have a business you could start um, or enhance. And that is similar to what I did in my own life. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I think everything you're doing is just cool as shit and you're wonderful. And the questions you're asking yourself and especially like the things going through your book here again, uh, just some of the things you do is breathing exercises, stress uh, management, relief exercises. All of those are fascinating and you, you do such a great job on this. It's broken up so that the reader has time to engage, but it's also got some charts and some fun stuff. So it, you blow through this thing and it's just... Um, but it's very introspective, uh, which is so crucial. I mean, that's what this is, right? It's about asking questions. Uh, and selfless plug real quick, but to thank you, you're actually in a couple of these journals behind me as well. And guys, I know I haven't talked about these things on the show. I made all these. There's some incredible people in them. Uh, Rachel is one of them. That's going to be linked down below, as well as uh, Elsa Dillon made some amazing YouTube video for it. Uh, just a really cute little promo of me kind of talking about them on other people's shows because I haven't talked about it on this show. And so I'm going to link that down below to shout uh, Elsa Dillon out and to thank her for that, as well as to thank you for that. And you're in a few of those. So, hey, oh, thank yeah, you for... the one on the right, I have that one, I think, the far right. Yeah. And I, I actually, I love it. I, I open it and like, it's just so amazing what you've done, Brandon. Just so amazing. Those are special. Version two coming next year. That one I've already outgrown. I'm already, uh, we're going to incorporate the new I'm calendar sure. from Tom Sherman in it and all kinds of stuff. But thank you. And you're actually in a couple of those uh, for the writing as well, because as an author, we invited you to take part in the IE or the introspective expansion books for authors, journals, things like that. So Rachel, this cool. has been incredible. Thank you. thank you so much. This I just can't thank, thank you enough. You. Adore you beyond words. We'll do many more. And I'm really looking forward to this next hang because we're going to deep, 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 deep. Yeah, we Guys, got more check. to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, always, right? It's perpetually that way, which is fun, I suppose. Um, yep. It's definitely fun with you. So. Uh, guys, check uh, the show description for all the ways to find her, her book, everything. And just thank you again, bottom of my heart. Thanks you so much, Brandon. 